Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amel and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, now. Actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hating on me, Chad. You know, I'm starting in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Me, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's... The number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Let me sip my tea here for a minute. 
I mean, these guys just absolutely sell their soul. If you believe in a selling of a soul to the devil, then um, you have to believe that that's what happened here with the Tennessee Volunteers. They wanted nothing more in life than to end their 11-game losing streak to the Florida Gators. And they wanted to lose it so bad that uh, I believe they sold themselves to the devil. Because let's take a look at the Tennessee Volunteers since their win on September 24th to the Florida Gators, over the Florida Gators. Mind you, a game they were losing 21-3 to at the half, they managed to come back in um, amazing fashion. I do want to give them that. Came back 38-28 to was the final. They got the victory since then. They are 1-3. They're currently on a three-game losing streak. That one victory, they pulled out of the anals. I mean, they went deep in the crack to pull out that victory that they got. And, you know, man, what has happened to this squad? They took the loss to Texas A&M. All the magic was up. They got completely humbled by Alabama, 49 to 10. Got themselves a week off, came back. They take on South Carolina, a game that they could win, should win, supposed to win, and uh, take a loss to the South Carolina Gamecocks. But that's not where it ends. Upon returning from that game against South Carolina, there were rumors of a players-only meeting and things of that nature, players looking to quit, multiple players looking to quit. And um, one player, in fact, did quit. And not just any player. You're starting running back. Quit in the middle of the football season. Head coach Butch Jones announced yesterday that Jalen Hurd is going to be transferring from Tennessee. Now, going into the season, Jalen Hurd was an NFL prospect. And someone you fully expected to leave to go to the NFL at the end of this season. And instead, he's leaving, but he's going to go to another college football team. Now, the word is that Jalen Hurd was not very happy with his role on the football team. Apparently, he wanted to play a different position. How about that? I'm a little surprised by this. I'm sh- Listen, we're only getting the story as it's been put out by the media and pushed through the, you know, the words of Butch Jones in a press conference because Jalen Hurd was not really afforded that uh, opportunity to talk about it to the media. Don't know if he wanted to. Nevertheless, whether he wanted to or not, this has not happened. So the word is that he just was not happy with his role on the team, wanted to be a wide receiver or tight end. A little odd, strange, and as such, just uh, did not want to be on the team any longer. A midseason transfer, um, which is, you know, strange. You got to ask yourself, why wouldn't he finish out the season? But in Hurd's defense, he'd been injured a number of times, and so perhaps he felt like, you know, with each passing game and practice and week. I'm uh, doing some long-term damage to myself and perhaps my NFL prospects. Again, all speculation because no one's been able to speak directly uh, from a media standpoint to Jalen Hurd. But you got to believe in the timing of things. And if Jalen Hurd wants to be an NFL football player, I do have to tell you that this is the timing of this 
could not be worse for Jalen Hurd. You got to ask yourself, had Tennessee beat Alabama, had Tennessee beat South Carolina, would this be the announcement that Jalen, would he make the announcement at this time? Making this announcement on the heels of a three-game losing streak makes Jalen Hurd look like not so good. Not so good of a teammate. Makes Jalen Hurd look like someone who quit on his football team. And now that's going to be the question that dogs him the most if and when he makes that move to the National Football League. Your team is in a bit of a crisis. You've lost three games in a row. This is the time when you need to come together, and this is the time that you choose to say you're pretty much quitting the football team, and you're going to transfer. So what lies ahead for Jalen Hurd? I don't know exactly where he plans on transferring to. I don't know his situation with graduation. For those of you out there who don't know how this whole thing works, if Hurd is able to obtain a degree from Tennessee prior to leaving, then he's free to go transfer anywhere that he wants in the country and not have to sit out. So I'm going to have to assume that if he's making such a bold move as this, that's probably the case for Jalen Hurd. He's probably close to graduation, maybe graduating here in December, or maybe he's graduating next spring. And then upon graduation, He's going to uh, move on to another program, perhaps, you know, another Power 5 school, which he would be free to do so. Nevertheless, things not looking great for the Tennessee Volunteers, if I could, you know, to to say the least. And uh, they've been very vocal and have been up to this point very vocal on uh, social media as it pertains to the Florida Gators. They were just all too happy about their victory. And, you know, sometimes the fans are an indication of what's going on in the program. Not always, but sometimes they are. Just the mindset. And it really just seemed that this season was all about beating the Florida Gators. Everything else, be damned. And you just can't go about things that way. I mean, you play 11, 12, 13 games in a season, and you really have made it all about one. I mean, it's all about, and it, if you think about it, it really, it really has been just all about that. Let's think about Tennessee season so far. They opened up the year against Appalachian State and had everyone believing that Appalachian State was some monster program one of those monster smaller programs that you just don't want to deal with. Had people thinking that Appalachian State had a chance to upset the University of Miami when they showed up there. Well, the University of Miami, that same University of Miami team that's on a four-game losing streak, went through Appalachian State like they weren't even there. A gross mismatch. So they came out and they struggled against Appalachian State. Then they go out the next week and they're playing Virginia Tech and they find themselves behind in that ball game. Down 14-0 real quick. Why? Because Virginia Tech, you know, they weren't Florida. So what are we getting all worked up for here? 
just a football game, but it's not the Florida Gators. To their credit, they did uh, get their act together in that game, scored 24 second quarter points, and then went on to win in a route, 45-24. Then they go play Ohio, struggle in that game against Ohio. I mean, that thing went down to the wire. Didn't look their best in that game against Ohio. And then, of course, it was the game against Florida, which they didn't start too well. But we all know how it ended up. They got the victory. And the next week against Georgia is not one of the best teams you'll see in the SEC. Had to come up with a miracle to get that game uh, won. And then, you know, the rest, three straight losses, giving up 45 to Texas A&M, 49 to Alabama, and then finding a way to lose against South Carolina. So when you look at it, the 2016 season has been all about the Florida Gators for Tennessee. Well, I mean, mission accomplished. You did end an 11-game losing streak. Here's the bad news. You lose Joshua Dobbs. You've already lost Jalen Hurd. You're going to lose a number of very key players on this team next year, and likely that streak will just restart itself next year when you got to go to games, though. Let me tell you how serious that Florida Gators game was for Tennessee, at least for their fans. I put this poll up yesterday on my Twitter account, at Studs, and the question was simple. For Tennessee fans, a better outcome in 2016, beat the Gators, but no SEC championship game, or lose your 12th in a row to the Florida Gators, but you make it to the SEC championship game. And now the poll's still going, only three hours left, but as it stands right now, 57% of Tennessee volunteer fans have said they would, have, they would much rather beat the Gators and not go to the SEC championship game. That's astounding. Downright unbelievable, you ask me. But that's the mindset of the fans, and it appears that that's the mindset of the team. In this case, the program has taken on the mindset of the uh, fan base, and it really has just been all about Florida. So I don't know. Maybe this Tennessee Tech game ends up being, you know, barn burner for Tennessee. Can you imagine? You imagine if Tennessee ends up in a barn burner against Tennessee Tech, a smaller school that's not even a winning program right now? Absolutely unbelievable. So things continue to fall apart here right now for the Tennessee Volunteers. And again, they've been extremely vocal on Twitter. Annoying, if you ask me. Downright annoying. Disrespectful. Camping out on various Florida players' Twitter accounts, virtually reminding them with each passing moment of the day about the fact that they won the game. Listen, folks. Tennessee's won one out of the last 12 in their series against Florida, but it gets deeper than that. In the last 24 games against the Florida Gators, the Tennessee Volunteers are 5-19. and 19. Should the goal this year really have been all about just beating Florida? 
Okay, so the Florida Gators are just that team for you. But what about if you just have an entire season of success? You make it all the way to the championship game while Florida sits at home and watches. Is that such a bad thing? I just don't understand. I just, I guess, I never will. Coming up, do we have a crybaby in the NFL? Is there someone that should just suck it up, adjust, and keep playing football? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Great Iron Stud Show right after this. Just be the self-self-rich man. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. The Macho 
man Randy Savage is not a hippie. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Come on. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it 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 up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular till I pipe it up. Buy a band and I pipe it up. 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 Pipe it up, pipe it up. I walk in the closet to pipe it up. Tuesday on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson here with you. Tuesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Yes, I am. I'm here on a Tuesday. I know that's weird. So you haven't done that all season long. But again, reminding you all out there, the Gridiron Stud Show is going to be daily during the weekdays. During the weekdays, not going to be here on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I probably wouldn't expect you to be here either, but. I am now, Monday through Friday, here doing the Gridiron Stud Show, so just more opportunity to with me or listen in on my thoughts on some of the things going down in uh, in the world of sports. So if you want to reach me on the show today, it's 347-633-9365. Again, it's 347-633-9365. Just finished talking about the Tennessee Volunteers and the absolute train wreck that the Volunteers are right now. They're wrecked, folks. Three straight L's for this football team. Starting running back, quitting. Butch Jones sitting at that press conference yesterday, um, really with no answers whatsoever. And who can blame him? Can't explain it. I just, you know, maybe uh, Jalen Hurd had some legitimate gripe. Perhaps Jalen Hurd had been talking about for a long time that, uh, you know, he wanted to leave this football team. Just choosing to leave now. Um, probably doesn't make Jalen Hurt look very good. I believe in timing and uh, in things, and this is not a good look for Jalen Hurt. So, yeah, perhaps it is a good idea if he goes and um, lands at another program somewhere. Probably in the young man's best interest to do so because uh, bailing right now at this point in the season is uh, really not going to win him. Uh, any favor with uh, the National Football League, the place where it is that he says he would like to go. So, yeah, that's Jalen Hurd for you folks, and that's the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, listen, uh, over the last 24 hours, there's been a lot of talk about something that's going on in the NFL right now. That's the number of hits that one Cam Newton is taking. And, you know, it was highlighted on Saturday's game, I mean, Sunday's game. And, you know, when you look at it, this particular hit coming from former Hurricanes, Calais Campbell, as uh, Carolina took on Arizona. Campbell comes through, dives, hit the back of Cam Newton's knee, and he goes down. Listen, should it have been a penalty? Absolutely. Was it missed? Apparently so. No flag was thrown. 
Is this a flag immediately if it happens to Peyton Manning? Sure. Is, is it a flag immediately if it happens to Tom Brady? Absolutely, 100%. Is it a flag immediately if it happens to Cam Newton? Apparently not. And I know what everyone wants to do right now. And uh, it seems to be the thing to do nowadays more than ever. Seems to be the thing to do right now, um, given what we're going through, and that is an election in which there are some serious um, polarizing effects taking place, and which were very white versus black. I could see where a lot of people are going to want to make this a black-white issue. Here's what I'm saying, though. Cam Newton doesn't play quarterback like Tom Brady, like Peyton Manning. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning are not apt to take off and run with the football. It's just not a thing that they do. So it's going to become more clear, more obvious when penalties like this occur. Is it fair? Maybe not. Is it a black-white thing? I think that's a little bit ridiculous. So that's your train of thought on this. I think you, should, you ought to clear that out of your head right now. The league's not going to be biased against a black player for on-the-field activities. Maybe there might be a misunderstanding on things. I just don't think there's going to be a clear bias against. I mean, listen, African American players are, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, they're really, they're really big time in the National Football League. So I, I don't think the NFL is going to bite the hand that beats them. Just don't see that happening. So I think this is more about the fact that Cam Newton is more apt to turn himself into a ball carrier than is some of these other guys. And I think there is some data out there about how many roughing the passer penalties have been called on some of these other guys. I'm going to see if I could run that stuff down. Probably won't have it during this broadcast, but hey, I'm on again tomorrow. Could do a little research and bring it back to you guys. But if you're out there listening to me right now, do you think the NFL is unfair in the way that they officiate Carolina Panthers games as it pertains to Cam Newton. And do you think it's a black-white issue? Feel free to call in on that. It's 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. I don't see it as that. And Cam Newton has set things up for himself in that way. I think he's presented himself as that kind of player. And it's been to his advantage. He has those type of skills. Those are his physical attributes. It makes it okay for him. He is going to take some punishment. And what Cam Newton really needs to ask himself is, I, you know, number one is, do you want to continue being that kind of quarterback? Or do you want to do what most mobile quarterbacks end up doing um, at some point in their career, usually earlier, rather than later, and that is find more opportunities in the pocket. 
and take off really um, when the situation really, really calls for that. In which case, you're still dangerous because you're still a tremendous athlete. You're still big and fast, still bigger and faster than any of the other guys I mentioned, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. But the Carolina Panthers call quarterback power. Okay, that's a, that's a little league play. That's a high school football play. It's not a play you're going to see from your pocket passers like Manning and Brady. They call true zone reads where the ball is pulled out by the quarterback, Cam Newton, and he goes around the corner and will break tackles and run over people and get up and celebrate and pull his shirt open like Superman, flex muscles, and everything else. So when you present yourself as that, then certain things come your way. And this is a hard thing that young people have a, they have a hard time understanding that. When you behave in a certain manner, it brings certain behaviors back to you. You're treated in a certain way based on how you behave. So Cam Newton, you're a running quarterback. You can't be totally upset when you're officiated in that manner. You're officiated like a ball carrier. When you pull the football down and you run with it, you're no longer defenseless. What the NFL really wants to do is protect the franchise players when they're in the and when they're in the pocket looking downfield and really not in a position to defend themselves. And what are those positions? That's when you're standing there looking downfield for an open receiver and you have your back to a, a defensive end that's bent the corner on an offensive tackle. You're defenseless. You don't see that coming. Or when you're standing in the pocket, bouncing around, looking down the field for an open receiver, and someone can dive through the line and hit your legs. Now, we all know why that rule came into effect. It's another one of those Brady rules. And it was, you know, implemented after Brady uh, suffered a shot to his knee one season and tore his ACL and had to miss the entire season. Ah, but the rule makes sense. You'll hear people arguing about it. You can't hit him in the head. You can't hit him in the leg. Folks, let's just be real. The NFL can't have a situation where the marquee players on the team, which are the quarterbacks, are going down left and right. They're going to do everything that they can to protect the marquee players because that's what brings the attendance. That's what brings the viewers. And that's what brings the revenue to the league. You can expect them to protect that. Every opportunity that they get. However, in Cam Newton's case, Cam will pull the ball down and run. And when he does, he's treated as a runner. And I really feel like in these games with, that involve a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning or an Eli Manning or, you know, a Drew Brees, you know, name your pocket passers. I think the referees are more geared up to make those type of calls because that's the kind of play they have. Someone that's going to hang in a pocket, more apt to be looking downfield, trying to find a receiver, and they're going to want to protect that. They've been given those orders by the league to protect those players. Now, what Cam Newton could have happened to him is a lot of premature whistles 
I think that's something the league doesn't want to find themselves, the referees, the officials don't want to find themselves doing. When you're in a game with a Cam Newton or a Russell Wilson or anyone else that has the ability and will use it to pull the ball down and, you know, provide some excitement in a game, you don't want to blow a whistle early. I just don't think that in those games with a Cam Newton, type player and quarterback that the officials are as keyed up and geared up to call those plays. They're not watching as closely for that extra step taken by a defensive lineman to hit the quarterback or um, when a player breaks the pocket or crosses the line of scrimmage, as we saw Cam Newton do in the opener this season against the Denver Broncos. I just don't think they're as keyed up and as mindful of the sh- the shots taken to the to the head when it involves a Cam Newton who you know would break free and become a weapon himself. I mean, Cam Newton himself is a weapon. When I've had a chance on several occasions to see Cam Newton in person. He's a big he's a big guy. He's a load. He's two hundred fifty pounds with speed. You've got cornerbacks out there playing at 190 pounds. He has 60 pounds on a 190-pound cornerback. Let's just call that the average size of a cornerback, 195 pounds in this league. Camden has 55 pounds on that player. So when he breaks through or around the line of scrimmage and heads up the field and there's a 195-pound corner coming, that corner is at a major disadvantage. And Cam Newton is now a weapon. And there's no one protecting that defensive back. Newton runs him over. He's just going to have to wear the embarrassment and the pain and anything else, sometimes injury, that comes with taking on a 250-pound weapon. And so I just don't think the officials in the league view Cam Newton as that real pocket passer, so they're not keen and geared up to make that call. Uh, they'll get missed. And make no mistake about it, the play with Calais Campbell, so and if you have a chance, go look it up, Google it, look it up on YouTube. He dove at his knees. It's a penalty. I don't care if you're a running quarterback or not. But they're just not as geared up. And so Cam Newton in the post-game press conference says that, you know, it's bullcrap to quote him um, when officials come to him and tell him you know, I'm sorry, we missed that one. Thinks it's bullcrap. I, I really think that that's what's happening. Sorry, Cam, you're a physical specimen that uses your body as a weapon from time to time. Pull the ball down, run it, run over guys. And you're physical. You break tackles, and that's what you do. That's not what Brady does, Breeze does, what Manning did, what the current Manning in the league does. It's not what they do. They need the protection. Apparently, you don't. You're a 250-pound athlete running around. So you're going to be officiated differently. Same way Shaq was officiated differently. The Shaq in a low post was not everyone else. He was an outstanding physical specimen. And so, you know, with great gifts come uh, great rewards and then uh, some other stuff comes with that. So, I, you know, I really feel like Camden needs to adjust his game to the way things are being done out there. Because 
be sitting around waiting for the vice versa on that. Um, I think he's going to get extremely disappointed. His fans are going to get disappointed. Carolina Panthers fans are going to be disappointed because I just don't think that that's going to happen. So, Cam Newton, you know, we hear you. The truth of the matter is, you had seven carries for 43 yards in, in that game. And if you want to slide over to a New England Patriots game, Tom Brady had one carry for 15 yards. You want to slide over to the New Orleans Saints game, Drew Brees, one carry for one yard. You want to slide over to the San Diego Chargers game. Phillip Rivers did not have a carry in the game. These are your pocket passes, okay? These are guys that stand in the pocket. And if you're going for the whole white-black thing, hey, Jameis Winston is a pocket passer. Three carries, 16 yards in the game. You know, Aaron Rodgers can get roughed up, too. I mean, he's not viewed at it. If you want to look at things, take a look at Aaron Rodgers and how he's officiated. Does he take some shots? And even he's not that physical specimen, clearly, that Cam Newton is. But he's more apt to be a guy that will take off and run. More so than a Breeze or a Manning or a Brady. Aaron Rodgers, six carries for 60 yards in uh, his contest against the Falcons. So that's just me. That's just where I stand on this thing. I think Cam Newton should really just adjust his game, do less complaining, um, and sack up. I don't know if your teammates want to hear you crying about things. I don't know if they really want to hear that. Sack up, man. You're out there running DBs and linebackers over. You're running over linebackers. You're 250, Cam Newton. You're going to take some abuse. You know what? Really focus on that pocket pass with I've said this a hundred times. That ball moves a whole lot faster than the legs. I mean, think twice about running down the field with the football. Man, throw that thing to someone who gets paid to run around with it. That's what I'd be doing. I run in those extreme cases only. Everybody's covered. I've gone through my progressions. You know, it's the way they really want you to play football at the quarterback position in this league. After I've exhausted all of those and I'm not throwing to the check down, maybe I don't have one, maybe he's covered, I'll take off and run. Then I'll hit a slide. I can guarantee you if you start sliding and they come across your head on your slide, you're going to get those calls. I'm going to say it again. Yes, the hit to the knee by Calais Campbell is a penalty, clearly one that they missed. But we can't do this thing every week, Cam Newton, where you complain about it. You know what? Just continue to deflect those questions. You're going to get them. Because those reporters are going to continue to egg you on, and hopefully they want to get some kind of – they got a little something from you on Sunday. You understand what reporters are going to do. They want those sound bites. So they're going to come after you and ask you those questions, hope, hoping you say something quotable, outrageous, something that can go viral. Everybody wants to go viral. these days. They want that quote that's going to go everywhere. 
So if you get hit any type of hard and there's no penalty, you get skipped. Yeah, I said skipped. Or they blow by you kind of close. Uh, they're going to they're gonna come at you, and they're going to ask that question. All right, again, if you have uh, any thoughts on this or the Jalen Hurd situation that I talked about in the opener or anything that you've got on your mind, hey, it's open phone lines. You can do that today on the Gridiron Spence Show. The number to call is 347-633-9365. Again, 347-633-9365. Let's head out to the phone line and see if we've got a comment here. Call, you got to – you got to should Cam Newton suck it up, stop crying, or what's on your mind today? Cole, are you there? All right, I guess I just had someone trying to listen in to the show here, but nevertheless, that's just my advice to Cam Newton. Suck it up, big guy. Maybe hang in that pocket a little longer. But if you're going to take off and be, you know, quarterback power guy, quarterback draw guy, run through the line of scrimmage and not run out of bounds, quarterback guy, run over linebackers, run over cornerbacks and safeties guy, they're going to dish it back. Because I can guarantee you those defensive players are going to start, you know, they're going to, if they haven't already, you're going to start complaining about you being able to lower your shoulder and your head and truck guys and put the crown of your helmet on guys. And there's no penalty for that. You best believe it. So, just my advice to Cam Newton. You may agree or disagree. I'm going to take a break. When I get back, more college football and NFL football talk on the Gridiron Special. We'll be right back right after this. fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
Football season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You can do that or you can do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the tough plays for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show. Every Friday, 10 a.m., Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m., Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. See you there. to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Games going on there. 
you know you don't know what you're doing when it comes to that baseball stuff and that NBA stuff. So you need a football game, and you need it on a Tuesday night, and here they are, ready to provide it for you. So tonight, you're going to have the number 17 undefeated Western Michigan Broncos taking on Ball State tonight. And uh, that bad boy is going to be on ESPN2 for you. And um, there'll be people watching, and you know what kind of people are going to be watching. And it's going to be your folks that got something riding on that. You got a huge line to deal with, though, Western Michigan, as would, you know, to be expected, a 17 and a half point favorite in this contest. They were 18 at one point. They opened up at 18 and a half and then worked their way down. Money's coming in on Ball State. How about that? So, Tuesday night football for you degenerates out there that need to. Get your wagers in. I, hey, listen, I'm not stupid. I know what goes on. I know what those Tuesday night games mean for you. That's exactly what they mean. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, let's talk about what's happening in the top 25 this week in college football. Just running through these real quick. You know, we will have the Football Friday show coming up at the end of the week where Amal and I go, you know, a little bit more in-depth in some of these college football games. Can't talk about them all. Not worth talking about them all, because quite frankly, do you want to hear about that bottom feeder matchup going on in the Big Ten somewhere? Do you want to hear about us going in depth about the Tennessee versus Tennessee Tech game? No, I don't think so. So, uh, number 12, Oklahoma. I mean, folks, number 12, Oklahoma. Do you hear what I said? There were people out there. I'm, you know, one of them that thought Oklahoma would be sniffing around that top four or five this year. And, uh, no, they're not sniffing it. They're not – I mean, they're trying to get themselves in the top ten. Um, they'll, you know, can help themselves. On Thursday night, they're going to be traveling to Iowa State. UCLA and Colorado hooking up on Thursday night as well. Colorado, one of the big surprises this season. I remember getting into a little back and forth with some fans uh, on Twitter who, you know, didn't believe that – Colorado's head coach should be considered for coach of the year. I mean, he wasn't on the list. I think he's being snubbed. Folks, Colorado was a bad football team last year and, and have been a pretty bad football team for the last couple of years. You can't sneeze at what he's done. Colorado has two losses, both on the road. They played Michigan very tough. And Michigan is, uh, depending on the poll you're looking at, the number two team in the country. And I do figure when those uh, – when the – College Football Committee comes out with their rankings tonight, by the way, and that's going to be the first for the 2016 season. I expect that announcement around 7 p.m. that Michigan's going to be pretty high on it. Nevertheless, Colorado gave Michigan all they could handle in that game. Ended up losing 45-28, but that score um, is not indicative of how close that football game was. And the only other loss in Colorado was uh, a slim 21-17 loss on the road at USC. Otherwise, Colorado's won all the rest of their football games. Went and won at Oregon, beat Oregon State, beat Arizona State, and then went to Stanford and won. Now they've got UCLA at home. I can see Colorado winning out the rest of the What a story would that be if they end up 10-2. They've got UCLA at home on Thursday night, a winnable game because you never know what UCLA is bringing to the table. UCLA couldn't stop. The kid from Utah who came out of retirement, he ran for, oh, God, and a mile against them. Then Colorado's against uh, taking on Arizona, who's about toast right now this season. 
The Washington State game is going to be hard, yes. And uh, but they get that game at home as as they do. I, I'm really looking forward to that Colorado Utah game at the end of the season. I might not have been coming into the year, but that's going to be a pretty damn good football game, Colorado and Utah at the end of the year. Boise State took the loss to unranked Wyoming. Um, wasn't enough to knock them out of the top 25. They're hanging on dearly to a ranking, the number 24 right now, and they're hosting San Jose State on Friday night. Louisville. Uh, we'll try and wake up after a subpar performance against Virginia last week. They take on Boston College at noon. Vanderbilt coming to take on Auburn. This is a dangerous game. Okay, let's not get it twisted. Vanderbilt has continues to be and has pretty much always been, or for a good amount of time, been that team in the SEC that you want to relax against after playing some of the big boys, and they'll make you pay for it. So if Auburn is feeling a little too high and mighty after ripping off five straight wins here, back-to-back impressive wins versus Arkansas and Mississippi, actually, you know, three straight impressive wins after, you know, totally blowing out Mississippi State. And if they think they want to take a breather before their annual matchup with Georgia, Vanderbilt can be the team that will just upset the apple cart there. Texas A&M, who's uh, number seven right now, is on the road against Mississippi State. Wisconsin after another uh, knuckle match versus Nebraska last week, we'll go on uh, the road to take Northwestern. Northwestern, nothing to sneeze at. Look at what they did with Ohio State. So Northwestern is kind of like Vanderbilt in the Big Ten. Not the team you want to sit around and uh, rest against. you got to have your eyes open when you go play Northwestern, or they'll deal you a loss. And again, this is a road game for Wisconsin. Now, it's not really a sandwich game for Wisconsin. They got uh, woeful Illinois next, but, you know, nevertheless, off of a very um, taxing win for Wisconsin, they better have their eyes open when they go take on Northwestern on the road. Georgia Tech traveling to take on number 18, North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina season's been a bit of a disappointment for me. Maybe perhaps things would have been different if they would have blown, if they would have won that opener against Georgia, but uh, they, you know, we're playing defense then. They have played defense in the last two games, so North Carolina might be on to something. But right now they're way down there at number 18. But perhaps that's a little bit low for a six and two football team, but nevertheless, number three Clemson, fresh off of a big win at in Tallahassee, host Syracuse. You know, be on your P's and Q's, Clemson. They've not really gotten up for those lower-tier teams. And on Saturday, Syracuse, you know, and it is a game where Clemson could play less than their best and still win. Virginia Tech quietly going about their business this season, 6-2, and two, ranked 23, heading to uh, take on Duke on the road. Michigan. Now, Michigan uh, getting a lot of love. Got their revenge last week on the road at Michigan State. They've got a game next week against Iowa. Is taking on Maryland. Now, this Maryland team's five and three, folks. They did suffer uh, an embarrassing loss at Indiana, an unexpected loss. I think I'm pretty sure Maryland expected to win that game. So you're going to get a motivated Maryland team in here. But you're also going to get a Maryland team that's lost three of their last four. Could they catch Michigan napping? Michigan, a huge 31-point favorite in that contest. Baylor trying to pick themselves up off of, the, off of the mat after taking an unexpected loss to Texas. They're at home versus TCU. 
Baylor is a seven and a half point favorite in that one. Uh, will this be the basketball game in terms of scoring uh, as it has been in the last couple of years, or will this be some kind of a defensive battle? Your guess is as good as mine. Oklahoma State, fresh off of a nice win over West Virginia at home, now on the road to take on Kansas State. Just something tells me Oklahoma State's going to fall asleep in this game, and Kansas State is no slouch. They're one of those teams in the Big 12. They're the Vanderbilt of the Big 12 right now, where you better respect them. Don't think you're going to go in there and sleepwalk through a game because Bill Snyder and the boys will slap you back into reality. Florida, now number 10. On the road at Arkansas, it's a game that many folks coming into the season were concerned about if they were Gator fans and said that this game could be a problem for them getting back to uh, the SEC championship game in Atlanta. A win here, though, for Florida, and they're really, really sitting pretty in the driver's seat as they would have a two-game advantage on both Kentucky and the really Tennessee Volunteers. So a big game for Florida here if they can get the win against Arkansas. It means now they would only need to win one of their next two SEC games against South Carolina and LSU to punch their ticket to Atlanta. Number 25, Washington State, quietly surprising folks. Uh, is at home hosting Arizona. They're a big 17-point favorite. Florida State on the road, going to have to find uh, a reason to play. And, uh, you know, I've been in this situation that Florida State is in. You lost yourself a big game. You want to hurry up and play. But you want to play somebody that next week. And right now, 4-4 NC State is not somebody. What's surprising to me is Florida State only a a five-and-a-half point favorite against 4-4 NC State. Who saw that coming? That seems like a small number. I was kind of thinking seven or more for uh, Florida in this game, but they're only five-and-a-half point favorite. West Virginia, as I spoke about before, took the loss, their first loss of the season. Kind of really, between that and the Baylor loss, kind of melts the Big 12's chances of being in this playoff this year. I think people uh, in the conference were kind of hoping West Virginia would be able to hold it together, and they fall on their face against Oklahoma State. And uh, now they're number 14. You know, no one really close right now in the Big 12 getting there. They're going to host Kansas, a game they should win, probably going to pound in West Virginia, 34-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kansas. Penn State trying to do big things. They'll have a chance to do a big thing as they take on Iowa, unranked Iowa. Who saw Penn State having a better record than Iowa at this point in the season? Penn State 6-2. and two. Hey, all you James Franklin haters that were down on this guy, where are you now? Step up. Where are you folks? Don't see you anywhere. Can't see you. Franklin has Penn State at 6-2, and two, and they're going to be hosting Iowa. Big game for them there. Nebraska looking to get back in the win column. Is this a dangerous game for Ohio State, who has not played well in the last couple of weeks? Ohio State, a huge 17-point favorite in this game as uh, they host number nine, Nebraska. That's number six, Ohio State taking on number nine, Nebraska. Very interesting ball game. One we'll talk about more on our Football Friday show coming up. And a big one in the SEC, number one, Alabama. Is this the last team that can really do something against the Crimson Tide? Undefeated. uh, The undefeated LSU Tigers, as Nick Saban has put it, um, trying to find any any way he can to keep those troops motivated as they've blown out some people. And everyone's kind of swinging from Alabama's nuts right now. 
and uh, Nick Saban's busy in the media trying to knock everyone off of his, the set, trying to get everyone off of his team's balls so that these guys don't get big-headed. He calls LSU undefeated because that's what they are on the interim coach, Ed Ogeron. So big one, Saturday night, the primetime matchup, number one Alabama traveling to take on LSU. Leonard Fournette could not get much done against this Alabama defense last year. Do they have uh, – can, can LSU find some kind of way to find running room for the monster running back? And how much abuse and pounding can he take? We'll all find out come Saturday at 8 p.m. Big-time matchup. And then, of course, number four, Washington, who may be one of the biggest surprises in college football this season. We expected them to be good, but not ain't no good right now. 10.30, late, 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 if you like the West Coast games and you're on the East Coast. Number four, Washington at California. Is this a dangerous game for Washington? Or am I overselling this thing? But Washington, off of the big win against Utah, kind of like the closest game they've had this year. They needed a late punt return to get the win. Are they looking to relax? And can California jump up and do something? Who knows? Washington, a huge 17-point favorite. So that's your uh, college football coming up this weekend. Those are your uh, matchups uh, as they sit in the top 25. We'll have a couple of points for us thrown in there for you. Those are the things to watch out for. And, of course, again, for you degenerates, Western Michigan taking on Ball State tonight. Yeah, have, that, have a good time with that one. You wanted your Tuesday night football. It's here. You know what Tuesday night football signifies to me? It means that college football season is sadly coming to a close. We're getting closer to the end when I start seeing college football popping up on a Tuesday. Brings a tear to my eye. But for you degenerates, it makes you very, very happy. So have at it. Uh, Mac football for you tonight. All right, that's the end of our show today, Tuesday edition. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm back on tomorrow. Because, again, I'm going Monday through Friday with Gridiron Stud Show here. You're going to get more of me. Isn't that what you're asking for? More Red Iron Set Show, well, you're going to get it. So I'm on again tomorrow at uh, same bad time, same bad channel, 10 a.m. tomorrow on the Red Iron Set Show. For now, thanks for listening. See you guys tomorrow. high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.